were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Orphan 18. Tonight we've got another cool special topic to talk about. Um, today we're going to actually dig in and talk about the friendships on the show. And what better way to do that than to talk to some of my lovely good friends and I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Connie and I'm sleep part mine on Tumblr. And I'm Kay, I'm Black Jaw Linen on Tumblr. And you can also find me Killer Queen eighty on the archive and MC underscore Jazz underscore Hands on Twitter. Cool. Well, hello, friends, and welcome. Hello, <laughs> um, friends. <laughs> uh, welcome back, guys. And uh, yeah, we're talking about friendships today. And um, you know, I kind of wanted to start off with talking about friendship as a whole because I think. That the friendships on the show, there's some, there's so many really good friendships and so many like things that I just, it's unfortunate that I think that the friendships kind of were a secondary afterthought because this show is so focused on relationships and relationship dramas and, you know, sexual relationships and romantic relationships or competitions or even the Glee Club as a whole as a family. So families kind of got like about, you know, but there are some really awesome friendships to talk about. And I kind of feel it's unfortunate that I don't think that they always got the spotlight that they deserved. I think um, they dropped the ball in some ways because if you're going to the found family is like one of my favorite topics, like all the shows I love community Brooklyn nine, nine, they're all about like a found family, but the foundation of a found family is friendship. And you, sorry. Have, to show, you have to Hold show on. them. Well, 
the thing with the whole idea of a found family is that the foundation of that is friendship. And other shows, like Community, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they take the time out to let you see the friendship so that you understand the, how they became a family or why they're a family. And that's why sometimes in Glee, especially with the original Glee Club, when they would do a lot of, we're a family, we love each other. It's like, but we're not seeing that. We're seeing a lot of fighting and a couple of friendships here and there. So I do think that they dropped the ball in building that. They felt more like a family in season six, but they started pushing the family thing in season two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, you know, I do agree. And it's like, it's, especially about the foundation thing because I do think at the end of like season six when they're all like get back together and like oh hey all of my good friends and you're like when really did Artie and not Artie when did a Brittany and Mike become BFF I mean I guess they danced together but you know it's like we don't know we didn't see a lot of yeah. these things like look at Blaine and Mercedes we didn't see that kind of like friendship really ever yeah. and and so it's I don't know I don't know. We have yeah. to do a lot of head cannoning yeah. with regards to the relationships. And some of them, it feels like fandom latched onto it first, and then the show went, oh, okay. <laughs> and then decided to make it a thing like after the fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, let's talk about, let's go through. I have my list of stuff that we can go over and let's talk about some of the stuff that they showcased and maybe some stuff that we kind of wish they showcased more. Um, starting with, let's talk about the adults first though, because I think this was an interesting thing when I was kind of coming up with topics and mm-hmm. I was looking at, you know, I was looking at Will who's only friend. I mean, they make jokes of it all the time that Will's only friend is Finn. And, and does that really count as a friendship when it's more of like a, obscure father-son relationship going on there? See, I, I kind of have a couple of different thoughts about that. Um, my 10th grade English teacher and I were very, very close. Um, she kind of got me. I was being bullied by this guy in class, and I stayed after one day, and I was crying, and she just kind of understood me because she's also a crier, and her birthday is a week after mine, and she, like, really helped me through that one. This guy was, like, picking on me relentlessly until I snapped. And that relationship went on until I graduated. Like, she came to my mom's funeral. She even gave my sister, siblings and I some money when our mom passed away just so we could kind of get by. And so, and my sister had a similar relationship with one of her teachers. But I would also say that I don't think that I considered her a friend more so much as like a mentor mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to go into film and she was a, a former filmmaker herself. So I definitely see that there, I definitely believe that can be close relationships between a student and a teacher that can become a friendship. But I do think I did like it better in season one when Will had Howard Bamboo and the guy with no thumbs. And, <laughs> you know, Semi like, friends, yeah. With like yeah. adult yeah, male relationships that work exactly, his age. exactly. And I know that the reason why we never saw them anymore is because of the focus moving from Will to the students. But I definitely think they needed to keep that foundation there. Will could definitely be a mentor to Finn, 
but the whole like best friend, best man thing was weird. Yeah, it was. And I think that's how they portrayed it. It was weird. If they had said, if they had mentioned, okay, you like, well, not explicitly mentioned, but ref- you know, kind of referred to him as like a mentor, then that would have been more plausible, I think. But mm-hmm. the reason, I mean, I think when they cracked all those jokes about, you know, about the, and made all these references about the Finn being Will's only friend or something like that, that, that just made it awkward. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know perhaps they try to try to make light of it, but um, but yeah, I think they could have gone about that better. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I can understand. I mean, for example, um, one of the women who um, I work with, she's actually in her sixties, and I'm in my thirties. Uh, we do go out to lunch every once in a while. It is a friendship, um, but it's also like there's definitely like. Well, you guys are equals in this situation. Yeah, exactly. Because, you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. She's not your supervisor. Right, and, exactly. Or your teacher. You guys are, I mean, I have a person at work. She's only about 10, 11 years older than me, but I call her my work mom. Yeah, exactly. But that's because she's always like, did you take your medication today? Did you mm-hmm. eat your breakfast? You know, like very, very that. Yeah. And that's kind of how uh, my coworker is with me. And like, I I think had also, if Will had been only maybe a few years older than Finn, like if he was a college student who was just getting his first job and Finn was, you know, that almost felt would be a little bit more plausible, but kind of like if Kurt had become really good friends with like Mason. Right. Exactly. Um, and and so, you know, it, yeah, they're trying to do this whole, that's why it's kind of weird because they play it up as, you know, it is a mentorship in some respects. Um, Finn does go to Will for a lot of emotional support, but then they play it off from Will's point of view as a friendship or, a, you know, he's my BFF and I want, you know, him to be the best man at my wedding. And that's when it gets super weird. That's like, And <laughs> the way that they played it off, like when they were graduating and it was all butthurt. At the idea that they wouldn't come to the wedding. Like, that's when it gets, like, weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously yeah. you get attached. My sister's a teacher, although her students are three. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she does feel like when when her students move on, um, like, she's had students whose parents were only here to go to attend college. And when they graduate, they move back to Korea. And she does get very emotional when these families leave the country because she's attached to the family. But... She's not, like, you know, that's normal. Obviously, you're going to get attached to your students. But Will had a whole temper tantrum in Dance with Somebody about mm-hmm. the idea that they wouldn't come to his wedding. And that is weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then kind of moving past Will, um, uh, for example, Sue doesn't really have any friends. Sue has Becky, but I still see that as a mentor. That is definitely a mentorship. Yeah. That is the way Finn yeah. Will probably should be, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it's a nice relationship. It's a family relationship, um, but it's definitely not really friends. They're not at the same level. Um, and then we've got Emma doesn't really have any friends. And then the only one, the only adult friendship that I can kind of see, and you guys can totally correct me if I'm wrong, because most of the adults are either other competitors or mentors, um, is um, Coach Beast and Will. And they keep, and they they kind of made that very, like, that whole thing in um, Shooting Star. Yeah, and it yeah. Had also had never been kissed when he kisses her. 
<laughs> I, I, I kind of liked the friendship that they kind of sort of hinted at could happen between mm-hmm. Beast and Sue in season three when Sue was supporting her through the whole thing with Cooter. Mm-hmm. I always liked the friendship that I guess happened in my head between Emma and Beast. Yeah. And, and I it, think that they could have even used Roz as someone to be like an adult friend to some of these people because teachers have friends. They do. They Just do. like you know, I'm friends with yeah. all, I'm friends with lots of teachers. So yeah. teachers have friends. <laughs> there this yeah, and it's a shame that we didn't see more Emma and Coach Beast, but Emma was by the time Coach Beast became a more prominent character, Emma Jama was, was like, you know what? I gotta go get like a real a side gig or something because you guys are not doing me right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, by the way, so did yeah. you guys know Jama was on Entourage? I did not. Know really? That. I didn't know I that. I was watching those, you know, those Watch Mojo videos on <laughs> YouTube, <Okay. laughs> yeah. and they showed a clip of Entourage, and I was like, oh my god, it's Jama. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's and I realized we got kind of got away from the adults after season one anyway, so I'm not surprised if you're gonna just have these minor characters in there, but I, I mostly it was just uh, you know, it it kind of sets the precedent. Like if Will yeah. doesn't really have friends. What and, would have worked for me is the relationship that Santana and Rachel have. Imagine a relationship like that. Between Will and Sue. So without Sue being the cartoonish villain. They tried like the way to. that they kind they of work to together. At the, <laughs> yeah, the way they work yeah. together in season three, they didn't need to they could have left it like that. Yeah. yeah. Well at the during the two thousand nine flashback episode, they tried to pan it off as Sue and Will tr- were originally friends. And I yeah. don't think it works. I kind of, that's the mm. one aspect of that TV show or that episode personally that I'm like, eh, is this really a thing? Because they supposedly, you know, played basketball once a week or something like that. Yeah, that um, was weird. But they could yeah. have played them off as, as a frenemies thing where, you know, they can because clearly they can work together and Sue has good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have done better with that, but they they kept relying on Sue as a cartoon villain. And it's like, at one point, the show is being set anymore. The show became less cartoony over time, but Sue became more cartoony and it didn't work. They needed to like ground her character more and a friendship with Will or friendship with Beast would have helped with that. Well, and you know what else I was just thinking about, and let me hear your guys' opinion on this. Um, what if it would have been interesting to develop a a friendship between Will and like Bert or Carol? So they kind of hinted at that yeah. starting in season three. Yeah, and, I know, and considering Finn's closeness to Will and his closeness to Bert, I don't know why they didn't just go with that. That would have made perfect sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and it's kind of funny because, like, I don't necessarily feel like Bert and Carol need friends. They kind of serve their purpose well as being parental figures. And, and I always had canon that the Glee parents all yeah. mostly, mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of, like, Blaine's parents. Mm-hmm. But, like, I kind of always had canon that at some point the a couple of the Glee parents kind of, like, had... 
Like, in my mind, like, Carol and Mercedes' mom would, like, have, like, lunch occasionally. Oh, you know, Arnie's like that. mom was in on things, because Katie's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. amazing, and I have to head Kate and that. Exactly, but. exactly. Like, <laughs> Tina and Artie's mom, because Tina and Artie have always been so tight. Maybe yeah. Carol and Puck's mom. Yeah, exactly. I just can't imagine kids that spend that much time together and their parents not having yeah, a sure. relationship. I, you know, and I even say, I even call BS a little bit on Blaine's mom not knowing Carol. I, I yeah. yeah, that that bugged me when they went. Yeah, I can head yeah, around it, but it didn't make sense. Why not have her introduce herself to Brittany's mom? Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine though? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Connie. What were you going to say? I'm, I'm sorry. Not, not. Now that's all. I was just about to agree with Kay, what Kay was saying. Okay. So go on. <laughs> like I was if they gonna... needed her to say, I'm Blaine's mom, have her say it to, like, Brittany's Anyone dad. else. Yeah, anyone else say, but yeah. Carol. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, unless she was just that much of an absentee mom, which I don't fully buy, but... I don't um, know. Get... The way that they characterized her made me feel like her and Blaine were, like, super tight. Like, she maybe she was kind of clingy. Yeah, so... I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, lots of possibilities, lots of, you know, interesting avenues to go down. Here. And, and even, and, even without making a character of it, like Kurt and Janelle, this smells like my aunt Mildred. It, they could have easily had Phil. I mean, will mention like a poker game. He goes to, we don't mm-hmm. have to see the poker game, but just like well, throw it out there. So it looks and, like he has an adult life. I understand. Well, and part of his patheticness in season one, I think, stems from the fact that he is trapped in this heartless marriage and has like nobody and nothing to cling on to. So he is just this. I think he's initially supposed to be a sad, pathetic person, which is why in Acapella's, you know, him hanging out with those weirdos is, you know, <laughs> it, it's a thing. But yeah. as the show gravitated away from that satire, um, it didn't make sense for him not to have anybody but Emma. And cause I, I get the impression, you know, going back to the adults and stuff like that, that they all have lives and worlds and they don't seem as sad and pathetic and will even going forward. Like, it just seems like is really Emma and Finn all you have. It just seems sad. <laughs> and they could have even shown like other teachers because from what I know, like for example, with my sister, not all of the teachers are like BFFs, but they're definitely cliques. And they're definitely oh, yeah. teachers they're definitely who are. are very, very close. So why not show Willow? Maybe all the teachers are oh, older. Yeah. Like, these are the My, people that taught him. So when, all of these, like, middle-aged elderly teachers are really close. But he's, like, the outcast because he's the young one. It's kind of funny. My dad um, taught music. And everybody in that wing, it was the shop and art wing, they were all be friends because they were like all stay you know you know teachers will stand outside their classrooms or whatever and they're like all down there at the same time working and whatever and they were they were considered the art wing so mm-hmm. they would just like chat with each other and like and they yeah, have I meetings mean, they have to go to and yeah things it's like definitely that a, there's a social thing i mean i know all of like all of the english teachers would have lunch every other month or something like that you know mm-hmm. it's like that is a thing that happens and and Sometimes it was also frustrating when it kind of goes even into the plot a little bit, you know, fine arts, all of fine arts, all of music, all of drama, all of like art falls on Glee Club. Losing. That seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so 
You know, when you're talking about adult friendships, I wanted to bring up one kind of side one that I don't sure. know if it's really, if it's really, because it was just touched upon a little bit. I think it was in season five, all the seasons run together, but it was one of the later seasons when they were about to shut down the Glee Club again, you know, and then April Rhodes and Holly, I guess. Holly? You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Holly, yeah. Yeah, they teamed up and I... You know, just between that brief interaction, I, I thought that they might be a hint of some kind of friendship. That's They're a great friends. one, Connie. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I can get right. my head Her behind that. Holly yeah. and Sue auditioned for the great, uh, the, um, what's great, that but, reality show? The Great Race. But, uh, the yeah. Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. Um, Race, yeah. But yeah, Holly and April being VFX. Oh, April. Yeah, April, yep. yeah. I can totally get behind that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I forgot about them, but yeah, because yeah. they, they have that last scene and they're like, let's go on a gay cruise together. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, you know, yeah. just by that interaction, I'm like, well, they could have, you know, had- you know why Bert and Carol don't seem like they need friends because Bert and Carol have mentioned other people. Yeah. Oh, Bert's yeah. Got a brother named Andy. Mm-hmm. He's got the guys at the shop. Yep. Well, they so have a world. They have a world. And- as as snarky hag, I will shout out to her as she's listens to these as she drives her car. Um, so do I. She. Um, oh well, then you two K. Yeah, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> LA traffic. Uh, basically, Kurt is the most fully realized character. Um, in that he has an entire world and they did the best world building around him. So yeah, he has an uncle and an aunt and grandparents and et cetera, et cetera, and shop buddies and stuff like that. And so when it, it makes it less of that, like sad, pathetic, I, I don't have anybody. I mean, we heard of Will's parents once and he never mentions them again. Even Emma's parents show up more times than <laughs> anybody that's related to Will. So it just mm-hmm. isolates Will so badly that his character suffers. If that makes exactly. sense. So, but yeah, I, I like that, you know, Connie brings up um, that that Holly and April, you know, you sold me that on like a couple of lines and that, and it's, it's sad that like uh, these, you know, one-off characters have a better friendship starting <laughs> than Will does in most of every one of his relationships. And I mean, Will I, could have been friends off screen with David Martinez. They just had to have him yeah, say it out loud a couple times. Exactly. That would have yeah. been a great friendship, but, you know, but Will, Will was jealous. So maybe not. Yeah, Will has a hard time, and and again, I like Coach Beast with Will as long as it doesn't turn into that romantic stuff. And I, it's unfortunate the show kept going that route a couple times. And like, you didn't yeah. need to do that. You could have them be good friends and not. I wonder if she that. ever hooked up with Ken Tanaka. Probably not. Why would? No. <laughs> well, no. no, Beast deserved better. Well. Speaking speaking of beasts, that I I would it just popped into my head when you were talking about mentorships as opposed to I guess friendships. Maybe this is a little tangent. I don't know, but um, what I was thinking about they were talking about Will and uh, Will, Will and Finn. I was thinking about Beast and Puck. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That was a yeah. good one. That's a good one. That is a yeah. good one. I I still kind of lean towards mentorship on that. She definitely. Yeah. 
Well, I helped was, him. Yeah, like, I was thinking about mentorship type of. That I, oh yeah, that's what I was trying to make the you know a similar the distinction between mentorship and friendship. I think that was more mentorship, but that was definitely, um, I guess, along the lines of uh, you can't because there again there's a differential. You know, there's differential between the friendship and uh, mentorship. So I think that's that could definitely be put in a mentorship type. Of that's thing. yeah, that's great, yeah. and I think that's a. I love that example because it shows how much of like that was a good dynamic and a great mentor, you know, dynamic. And it, again, it should have been what Will and Vin were, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because Beast has boundaries. Yeah. He does. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. All right. I'm kind of going away from the adult stuff. Let's talk about the female friendships. And the reason I wanted to bring this up first is because I think the female friendships has an unfortunate component to it that I think the male friendships and even the male-female friendships mostly lack. And it's this idea that all of the female friendships on the show that do not include a romantic link, such as Brittany and Santana, have this element of competition to it, whether it be for boys or solos or bragging rights. For the most part, and I, I know that Marlene Unique is kind of the exception here. Um, the other exception to that is Quinn and Mercedes, but I got yeah. wrong. Yep, and I, I yeah. did write that one in my notes. But yeah, for the m- go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm just I'm sorry. God, I keep talking over you. But yeah. for the most part, it is all dripping with this competition esque angle or framing, and it's it's frustrating. So go ahead, Connie. What were you going to say? Well. Well, you were talking about you were mentioning about uh, Mercedes and uh, and, uh, and Quinn. I was that was the one aspect I that was the one thing that we hinted I did not hinted at, but they explored. I think season one and season mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. that I wish they would have followed up on because they, they had the makings of some you know genuine interaction and everything, and they just completely dropped it. And I. And I thought that was a missed opportunity there. It absolutely was a missed opportunity because it was not, there was no competition over boys. There was no competition for solos. It was two people who seemed like exact opposites, but were there for each other because they could relate. Quinn related Mm -hmm. to Mercedes struggling with her, with her parents being on the Cheerios and Mercedes understood Quinn, Quinn's feelings of being an outcast when she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and Quinn yeah. and Mercedes gave her shelter and a yeah. safe place to live. And and looking at Marley and Unique, there there was not any need to compete for anything. No, and and they could just have. And I almost think that this friendship kind of grew out of accident. I don't think that it was something that was really that planned but they the, the mm-hmm. actors have such a good dynamic with each other that i i think it just kind of naturally developed and i'm glad that the writers kind of latched on to that mm-hmm. um, same exactly so, um so yay uh, the thing is you know i was looking at also for example things that might not have been in a competitive mood would be like mercedes and tina but did we really ever see mercedes and tina interact any... No, we just heard that they were gossips and that they were, you know, but after season one, we never really saw them interacting. But in season one, it was Quinn and Tina are like the big gossips of the group. 
So we heard about it, but we never saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so then I look at Rachel and, and just sticking with the female aspect of this real quick. I, I think it's unfortunate that you look at her friendships and it's, you know, it is, it's her competing against Quinn, against Santana, against, she doesn't have, or even against Mercedes for a long time. She, and Tina competes with her later on. There's no real friendship between Rachel and Brittany, which would have been an interesting thing to explore, but it, it never developed into anything. And, you know, later on, Rachel and Mercedes get a better friendship. Um, I think when it stops. Once you the- remove Mr. Shoe and. And the whole McKinley dynamic. Yeah. And on the- Mercedes and Rachel are able to have a real friendship. Exactly. Yeah. When they're in New York, and, and even, like, you take out the boy aspect of it. Like, not that they were competing over the same guy at the same time. But, like, just when they were able to just be two women. Yeah. You know, like- when they were when they were working at the Spotlight Diner, you know, mm-hmm. that, that way you could you could I think that's where you could see most of the I mean interaction that was not related to like competition or I think mean, just mm-hmm. a fr- I guess just a friendship or, or and Mercedes going to Rachel when she was trying to decide if she wanted to sleep with Sam and Mercedes being there for mm-hmm. Rachel in season six. Yeah. was the friendship that I wanted at McKinley. And yeah. I was just headcanon that it couldn't happen because of the Glee Club dynamic and Mr. Shu and how he set things up in the beginning, you know? But yeah. the fact of the matter is, they could have made it work. They and could I have. saw a little bit of it in Prom Queen when Rachel yeah. was very understanding of how Mercedes felt. But yeah. it always came back down. I had headcanon that with Kurt at Dalton, Mercedes and Rachel started to become friends mm-hmm. but that competition that want fighting for solos always comes came back into the picture mm-hmm. and we never yep. really got to see what they could truly be until they were removed from that environment and yeah. i'm glad they kind of killed it in um this the middle of season five when or i'm the, sorry around the hundredth episode when they do the diva off again quote unquote yeah and yeah. they just end it like nobody wins this is kind of silly and yeah it's unfortunate that you know rachel i'm not rachel mercedes does get shifted a little bit into kurt's role of emotional propping um but it is nice to see the two of them, you know, at the end of the season, move away from that and just be friends. Yeah. Um, so. Something that we never got with Rachel and Santana. Exactly. Which is fine, because I don't think that you're going to always be friends with everyone. No, and I can see we... why those two would clash. Yeah. It, they never made sense much as a long-lasting, genuine friendship anyway, so... I mean, it came out of nowhere. It was just kind of like in Dance with Somebody, hey, we're friends now. And it was really more (laughs) of, hey, we're probably going to put Naya on the New York side. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's Um, set this up now. It wasn't even... It didn't, like, come across organically the way that her friendship with Mercedes or her friendship with Kurt did. Yeah. Well, the other thing that we kind of got going with the female side is that they keep drawing from the same template and hear me get hear me out let me see if this makes sense you've got mercy sorry not mercedes um rachel tina to an extent santana quinn and kitty to an extent being all of these kind of like you know super ambitious super like you know volatile like women and 
that, you know, when you get the same kind of character over and over again, I mean, no, Rachel and Quinn are not the same character, but a lot of the same, they have the same a lot of elements to them. They're both very driven and they're very, like, they'll be quick to bite back and they're they're kind of spiky and then you can't get close to them and and a lot of the women on the show are like that and some of the exceptions are mercedes and marley and unique um mm. but and and then Brittany kind of stands off on her own little island where she unfortunately just didn't get the development with anybody enough to really a lot of her relationships were always with boyfriends but also um in, in santana um but like I kind of liked the towards the middle of season two when Brittany's dating Artie and Tina's with Mike mm-hmm. and they're like all in the academic decathlon. I kind of liked that little foursome. Oh yeah, that they kind yeah, of yeah. had for like mm-hmm. a few episodes, and I yeah. think that with a little bit of development, that could have been like a cute little friendship. I mean, and there's the unholy trinity. But that's um, the thing. Okay, with the un- let me let's break down the unholy trinity here for a second. Okay, <laughs> we've, got, we've got Santana who has slept with both Quinn and Brittany. Um, we've got Quinn who feels like she is above both Brittany and Santana and cut off from them, and then Brittany who kind of just relates to the world on a different level. And on top of that, did we really ever see Quinn and Brittany? have any kind of extended kind of relationship or even lines together that weren't Britney jokes. I mean, mm-hmm. well, when you put it like that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it's destroying everybody. Well, it's another thing where they told us what they didn't show us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. And, and I don't know if my like, you know, little tangent made sense, but earlier about all the women kind of being drawn up the same. Um, no, absolutely. And the- that's kind of what I liked about Marley because when you insert Marley into a relationship, you get a different dynamic because like, for example, her friendship with Kitty at the end of season four going into season five was more interesting because once Kitty stopped picking at her, it was more of like this opposite kind of coming together. And it was a lot more entertaining to see them in a scene together versus when Kitty's like trying to make her think she has an eating disorder. Exactly. Like it could have been a really interesting dynamic to see them as friends because of how different they were personality wise, because we don't really see that type of friendship on the show with two women where one is where they're like complete opposites, but they come together, but they make a good friendship. Mm-hmm. Well, and and look at also let's look at the, the since we're in season six, let's look at Jane and and um oh, crap what's the girl twin madison um, madison and yeah. and kitty and that would have been an interesting dynamic to explore they seem to have each other's backs a lot especially yeah. when you know like are, are the girls gonna stand in the back and like no we're not doing that and mm-hmm. there isn't that you know mean girlness um coming out you know but we of course again we didn't see it or uh, the other thing the other kind of a thing that have been kind of going around. A lot of these women are also defined by the men in their lives or their, yes. you know, male counterparts or their male friends or whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. it kind of overshadows any kind of the female friendships that form. So exactly. You can definitely tell that there were no women in the writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because of how the female friendships are handled. Yeah. Like, they definitely needed someone like 
needed someone to kind of draw the female friendships. Like, for example, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the friendships between Gina, Amy, and um, Rosa. Those characters are all three very different and their dynamics are very different. There's no competition between them. And even though there's still, like, Gina picks on Amy for being kind of like a nerd and like straight and narrow, but it's all very affectionate. It's not mean spirited, but you can definitely tell there are female influences because it's not the way it's written. You can definitely, it's not about a mean girl picking on like the nerdy girl. Can I also throw something out here? And this might be really controversial to say, um, can we talk about Brittany and Santana for a second and how sure. they we're supposed to be this really close, you know, the first actual close friend, female friendship on the show and the male writers made it into a joke that they're so slutty. They sleep with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like that is what these guys are, you know, women, like it's, you know, they're not, they're either in competition with each other or, you know, they're so slutty, they will, like, make out with each other and... For male know, attention. For yeah. male attention, basically. Can I just say that we that anyone coming up nowadays is very lucky that there's starting to be more of a push for having women in the writer's room on yeah. these shows because of stuff like that. Now, I'm glad that, you know, Brittany and Santana eventually ended up something, even, like, it was never something that I really fully was into but i do think that they became a real couple instead of that cliche right the cliche that joke is very offensive it is and and for uh, you know i i think that they like i said like we talked about mercedes and rachel becoming friends at the end of the season i think our series and i think a lot of the better female female relationships did come out of the later seasons personally agreed yeah but no you're absolutely right so, um, so that's kind of what I wanted to say about that. You guys have any other conversation stuff about that before I? I think on? it would have been nice to see a friendship between Tina and Mercedes, just being the um, or Tina, Mercedes, and Santana, just because being the only non-white kids in a probably more predominantly white environment, typically. Though you do kind of flock to each other, but again, mm-hmm. that comes from having no people of color in the writing room, so yeah. um, we didn't get to see that. But that's in my experience because I usually am the only, you know, one of a handful of people of color in white environments. You do tend to kind of look to each other because you're there, kind of like, oh my god, can you believe these white people? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. you know, you, I can understand you're that. there because you understand <laughs> the microaggressions and the things that you guys are dealing with, and so it would have been really nice to kind of see that, see that as a friendship mm-hmm. or yeah. a connecting factor. Absolutely. And again, like I said, Mercedes and Tina, you just didn't see them. You just, they didn't, I mean, they would sing some songs together, but they didn't interact. You know, now that I look, I mean, the more I watch the show and the more I've studied it, Mercedes is so cut off from everything yeah. else that's going on. It's kind of insane. Yeah. It really is. Um, so, yeah, like you said, um, you know, that foursome, that Mark, Mike and Tina and Artie and Brittany had their little background moments. Well, they at least had each other, and Mercedes during season two was kind of on her own, which is a little sad, actually. So, yeah, yeah, because they needed, they acted as if Kirk couldn't be friends with both Rachel and Mercedes at the same time equally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so kind of moving on to what they did better. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> better, you know, like <laughs> still issues, but better. Um, because they understood it. Yeah, they understood it. <laughs> we're the, um, and we're taking out Kurt and Blaine out of this equation right now because we will talk about that, those relationship dynamics individually in a second. Um, were the male friendships. Uh, pri- uh, primarily, it was Finn and Puck. Um, which I actually don't think they did a bad job of. Um, but in general, the thing that really stands out to me about a lot of these um, male-male friendships is not so much that there were pairs of people, but that as a group, they kind of acted like a group. They kind of like were a group of friends on, in a way that the girls never really felt like a group of girlfriends. Um, the guys were a group of, especially in the season three stuff, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it always felt more like, you know, they were all varying degrees friends with each other. And that kind of carried on even into like the New York arc. And uh, I, I mean, I guess season six was its own little island of stuff going on, but like, yeah, that's just. I, I, yeah. When they started doing those scenes of all the guys together in the locker room and, mm-hmm. you know, you could believe that these guys even though they were all different, that they all hung out together and they helped Puck when he, like they came together as a group, whereas the females, the only, I'm trying to think, the only time you got all the girls together was when Rachel called all the girls that had boyfriends. Yeah. Well, so that their boyfriends could beat up Karofsky or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, You just said that hit the nail on the head, but look at the locker room in the locker room, 2012 pucks giving out shot glasses to everybody. And they're all toasting graduates. And even though they're like, some of them are sophomores and juniors and, and and that's a great thing, but look at the girl locker room stuff. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. did you sleep with my man or are you really Mm going to go for that competition or, and and it's, you know, are you really going to do this? It's, it's, are you going to be prom? How dare you go be prom queen or, Exactly. Exactly. So we got to see the guys come together for common goals, but we never really got to see the girls come together for a common goal. But we got to see the girls just tear each other down is really... Exactly. Um, I'm trying... Oh, go ahead. I think the the TV writers got into the trope that everybody was probably interested in girls because of their cat fights and stuff so they really mm-hmm. played that aspect up and yeah especially yeah. reality tv kind of plays up the whole cat fighting female situation um especially around the time that glee was starting because you're getting like the real housewives and love and hip-hop and like all these and basketball wives that is literally about females fighting each other over guys yeah and well, fighting each other over talk. Oh, you're talking about me behind my back and like really catty kind of stuff. We're not seeing. We at the time weren't seeing any empowering female like in reality yeah. TV or on or otherwise. Yeah. I thinking about it, I remember. Okay, so as far as I can remember, Finn and Puck only really beat the crap out of each other once at the beginning of season one when they found out like the you know um, Quinn had cheated. And they, they had gotten in a fight. But look yeah. how many times they have girls slapping girls on this show. Quinn and Santana yeah. did it multiple times. Yeah. Rachel did it to Santana. Yeah. Uh, you know, Quinn did it to Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Yep. So you have all of these, you know. But then I'm trying to think of another time. I mean, did Jake and Ryder ever get into a physical? Like, uh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then so that's when... We got one of the best Finn scenes in the whole show. <laughs> With the ignoring you. I missed oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But for the most part, 
the but guy, even that ended in Jake being a support and helping Ryder get the help that he needed with his dyslexia. Right. So it's again, I was going to say like, you just keep going back to the show. It's a bunch of male writers and they, you know, Lee hates women. (laughs) But I think also it falls into the other unfortunate thing that the, you know, they're good male friendships, but then you get things like Puck and Artie bonding over how to mistreat women and never yeah. been kissed of all episodes. You yeah. get some, like, you know, like, with my issue with Jake and Ryder, it was always never about, like, Marley's choice. It was just like, well, I'll be a man and let you date her or something like that. Yeah. Although <sighs> the way Marley handled it was amazing, but the two right. of them together, the oh, friendship didn't... Let's take a second and talk about Marley and Mercedes, though, and that little bit of, like, yes. friendship mentor that was was one of my favorite aspects coming into those later seasons and a lot of people complained about them calling back the original Glee Club to be mentors but Mercedes was the only one that came back and actually mentored so I really did love that her and Marley had grown a friendship out of that and that Mercedes was always so supportive of Marley Absolutely. that was something we definitely needed more of um, I don't really have it's kind of interesting because other than Puck and um, Finn and to a little bit lesser extent Jake and, and Ryder there aren't a whole lot of just pairs of guys hanging out with well, each other Well the show tries to say in season, at the end of season 3 that there's a friendship between Artie and Finn mm-hmm. um, I guess they we're just talking about Blam at a, I guess we're talking about Blam later right? Yeah we're going to take yeah. a little Blaine yeah. stuff later so um, yeah, it just, uh, you kind of can see Sam and Artie and Mike Artie and, and Mike, um, definitely having some kind of, you can tell these actors are in the background a lot and like come up with their yeah. own stuff. Well, we do get so. that moment in, um, in, um, silly love songs between Artie and Mike when they're talking about how they're dating the two hottest chicks and, yeah. you know, but like again, they're, comes you know, they're like super that, cool, but that foursome that we were talking yeah. about earlier. Uh, but look at that. Look look how Marty, Mar- 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 their shipper name is Marty. Uh, Mike and Hardy <laughs> have a better, you know, on-screen relationship that we can actually define a little better than Brittany and Tina. Yeah. Who, I mean, really, they're Brittany, just the thing, moments that I can come up with between Brittany and Tina are mostly season four and mostly aren't very nice. Um, exactly. So, yeah. So, they actually and, took the time out to develop a friendship between Mike and Artie, even though technically Tina cheated on Artie with Mike. But we don't see yeah, Artie and Mike. True. Artie and Mike never fight over it. No, that's true. I mean, he's a little sad at the beginning of season two, but that isn't. But there's you know, no cat fight like it would be. Yeah, no slapping. Know, like kind of like how with Rachel and everyone over Finn. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you don't see, I mean, like I said, with it, except for that one, you know, Puck and Finn get over and become BFFs again, mm-hmm. whereas Rachel just doesn't gel with any of the other girls. I mean, um, and there's a story to tell there with regards to Rachel not gelling because, of, I mean, if you stuck it simply to she's very self-centered and she's kind of spoiled and those types of things that it makes sense that it would be hard for her to make friends but, but look at that they always read it about finn 
and stuff like that. Well, look at look at even Niyata. I mean, when mm-hmm. I know we're going backwards in, in a second, but like, look mm-hmm. at Niyata. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't even have any female characters. The only other female character who's as a teacher, she's fighting for a relationship with Brody over, and that's you know, what Niyata was missing wholesale. Exactly, and then like more the, characters. The only you know other people at that school were the sycophants, and they're both men. I mean, you don't yeah. have any <laughs> women characters over there. Yeah. Um, she, Rachel, needed an Elliot for herself. Yep. Even Santana got daddy. Yeah, exactly. Rachel yeah. needed someone, a figure like Elliot, for her storyline at Niata. Um, Did you guys have any other things about like any other male male? Uh, Things are not clean related that you wanted to touch upon. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anything. I always feel bad. I was trying to think of anything that was like outside of the main Glee Club, but we don't really get. Um, well, I, I thought of something that just came to mind. That's not male male, but male female. But it's a friendship, mm-hmm. and that's Puck and Becky. Oh yeah. Well, let's go. Let's oh yeah. Segue. Yeah. Because that is the next point of my thing. Um, Male, female, not Curtin Blaine related uh, mm-hmm. friendships on the show, and I, I was having a hard time coming up with them. But yes, uh, well, Puck and Becky. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like like we were mentioning before with some of these, like I I think they kind of bonded together because I mean it's an unlikely friendship, but I think Puck could relate to Becky in a certain sense of. Mm-hmm. Uh, her 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 need to be seen, or her struggle, mm-hmm. or something, and I I think he really bonded with her on that, and so they had a little we had a little thing going going. I think wasn't was it just in one episode? I or did it carry I over? I think it did. I think it was just the prom episode. Yeah. If they did anything, I I'm completely blanking. It's been a while since it's I've season, season three, so I'm completely blanked on it. We forgot. Brittany and, and Becky have a really good friendship, too. Oh, that's... Yeah. Yeah. I can't recall if Puck and Becky's friendship really lasted past uh, Promisaurus, but I really uh-huh. did enjoy what we did get of it. Yeah. I yep, thought it was I a nice moment for both of them. Yep. Um, I do think it's a little bit unfortunate that, you know, we really don't see... I, you know, and I was just watching the quarterback and, and Mercedes talking about Finn and how she felt close to him. And, and I, I'm like, well, you know, I def- they were definitely all friends with Corey. That definitely was a thing. Um, I had to write a fan fiction to make that make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people were like, oh, they just wanted Amber to sing. So they like made this up. So I just wrote like a quick little something that would make that fit because it would have been something nice to see. Mm hmm. I can also see Mike being a real good friend to people. You know what? A little bit, you see, probably because they always brought them back together. You always see Mm -hmm. Mike and Mercedes together. Um, They didn't really do much. But um, But they always came back to help out at the same time. Yeah. We really got to see, we got to see a cute little friendship of them and wonderful. Yeah. Mike and and Kurt were very supportive of Mercedes and the issues that she was having with her record label. And it made me actually really sad that we never got to see anything else because Harry and Amber had a cute chemistry Mm -hmm. as friends. Um, That's good because I forgot about that aspect. But I remember when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, I wish there were more to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, I'm trying to think because everything else kind of develops into some kind of relationships because I kind of like um, Tina and Artie better as mm-hmm. friends. Um, and Absolutely. a lot of that is definitely yeah. like Kevin and, and Jenna, but um, they, you know. There are certain friendships that I imagine go back several years, Pat, before we, before we meet the characters. Yeah. I always imagine that Puck and Finn have known each other. Since the little since kids, kind- yeah. Yeah, since kindergarten. And I always imagine that Tina and Artie have known each other at least since middle school, if not longer. They live, like, mm-hmm. next door to each other. So yeah. Like, you and can I tell. Always, and I always had a weird idea that Kurt and Artie knew each other, even if they weren't friends. But I don't know why. I don't know where no, they came from. No, I can from. see that. I don't know why either. But I think all <laughs> of those beginning, like, Mercedes... Well, I guess they kind of showed it. Like, I don't know. You can tell that they've all known each other a while. Um... But um, I'm trying to think of any, like, again, I mean, I, I outside of relationships and outside of, like. I'm trying to think if we got anything with Mercedes and Puck after they briefly had the whole thing. They mm-hmm. In season one, not really. Yeah, I don't think we ever saw. And Artie and Mercedes were always singing together. And yeah. so I always kind of, like, headcanon that. If you're always singing together and you're, like, rehearsing together, then I can always imagine a friendship there. But we never got to see Artie and Mercedes really being friends. Well, you know, and it's also this other interesting thing of, like, look who we're talking about. Having these, you know, the background characters or, you know, like, Mercedes, Tina, you know. Rachel, again, didn't have any guy friends either. I mean, she didn't have any guy friends. Every male character that Rachel had a storyline with, she dated him. With the exception of Kirk. Yeah. Yep. Um, Because Kurt's a gold star gay. Well, no, he's not a gold star because he went out with Brittany. (laughs) Well, he um, is a gold star because he didn't sleep with her. Sex with Brittany. Come on. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But like, did Santana like actually? I don't think she really even liked men all that well. Um, Brittany had a very strange relationship with Finn. But it was all based on the fact on the that they, fact had sex. they slept together, yeah, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is that was gross on a lot of levels, but yeah, yeah. You uh, just a reiteration, off-topic reiteration. We had to all Quinn of my and listeners, there. Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, Kate, real quick before we get to that. Okay, you don't owe your first time anything. Just as an FYI, rigidity is a social construct. Please do not think that mm-hmm. if you slept with somebody that you forever are in their debt for something. Just. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I just yeah. had to get that out again. No, um, okay. Yeah, Quinn and Artie for a half second before she ditched him for Joe because that was a romantic interest. <sighs> that never, that was never followed through on because they just dropped it so she could fuck Puck again. Yep, pretty much. That's the <laughs> show. Oh my god. Um, I'm trying. You know, we had. I mean, unique and, and Jake a little bit. I did. I did a little like, bit. I liked um, the relationship because Unique was not afraid to call him out. Yeah. And she was very firmly team Marley, but there was a little bit of a friendship there. And we had a little bit of a friendship. With, well, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Did Sam and Marley, Marley and ever Kitty get anything? They... Who? Sam and Marley? Yeah. Yeah. In um, the new Rachel, when he, when they were talking about yes. kind of like being the poor kids. Yeah, but that was just such a short-lived thing. Brand. That would have been an interesting. It should have been. You thought it was setting it up for more, but you never yeah. really got to see it. Did we have 
seen like uh, is there a little hint of something between not not like romantically but but friendship like between Finn and Marley I guess in yes there was yes. yeah Yes, and I was really looking forward to seeing more. And I think I even wrote that in my notes, and I forgot. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one, too, because Marley was the one that really called him to the carpet and got him to, you know, go do what he needed to do so that he could be a real teacher. Yeah. And there was definitely something, which bums me out again that they never really got to, that aside from City of Angels, we never got to see them really grieve Finn because he was building relationships with them. Because he yep. also helped Unique um, mm. when she wanted to play Rizzo. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, Finn was a really good mentor to them. Yeah, and he had he had relationships. I think the only one he didn't really have a relationship with was Kitty. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, who knows if that might have happened? Because about yeah. the time she becomes a tolerable character is about the time that Corey is going through stuff. And yeah, um, yeah, that happened right then. I was like, and then. I, was that the episode? No, that wasn't the episode. But yeah, that was when, yeah, he was going through stuff. So. Yeah, you can tell the last end of season four, his plot lines become, after Feud, um, mm-hmm. I know he's in a few more, but it's very, very thinned out, very sporadically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just for a couple more episodes, but he's definitely, let's see, he's not really in 17. He's not in 18. He's in a little bit of 19, and then that's his last episode. So, um, there's not a whole lot of him there, and that's when they start building up Kitty. So yeah, yeah. So, but he had, you know, he had a decent relationship with with Jake, uh, more so with Ryder, because you know because of everything with the dyslexia, and then yeah, he has a good relationship with both Marley and Unique. Yeah. So, I think um, he had a better relationship with them than Artie, and Artie was in Glee Club with them. Again, with the of him and Kitty before they started dating. Let me throw this out here again. And as you know, people are gonna like be irritated by me saying this. Look at Finn. Finn is allowed to establish friendship relationships with both men and women, and have a positive relationship going forward. Even like when Mercedes says, "You know, we he was the first person that was nice to us," and et cetera, et cetera. Look at Rachel. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. guy and every girl she's hostile with. Yeah, it, it's frustrating like you have your yeah. main male character be a beacon of all light and hope and being female being all source of negativity yeah when you, you know i hadn't actually realized that until until you broke it down that's 100 correct rachel's initial rachel's initial contact with characters is was always negative even kitty yeah yeah even people that are her closest friends it's so, unfortunate. Very unfortunate. All right. Well, let's get into what I'm sure most of the podcasters are here for, the clean aspect of this. Um, let's start with Kurtz and break down Kurtz's friends. Okay. So, first of all, let's point out the fact that I, I just want to throw this out there, that Kurt and Blaine have... You know, a relationship, and they are, but they're also friends. They're also best yes. friends. That's, that does mean something, at least to me. Um, so, that a lot is, of the relationships, with the exception of Kurt and Blaine and Brittany and Rachel, a lot of the relationships I always question if these people weren't dating, would they even be friends? Exactly. And I think that one of the reasons why Kurt and Blaine's relationship works so well is because of that foundation uh, and their closeness prior 
to their relationship starting. I also am going to throw this out there. And if you guys want to refute this, please, please don't feel like, you know, you can't tell me no. But I think, I wonder if Ryan Murphy being a gay man, the friendships that Kurt and Blaine cultivate seem to be a bit stronger too across the board. Um, and I wonder if that has anything to do with Ryan Murphy being a gay man and, and the complexities of that, like it, you know, absolutely. I absolutely think it does. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. No, because if I were to write it, if I were to write a TV show, you know, my experiences as being black and being a female would definitely be, you know, be obvious. So I, I definitely I think, think that's why those characters have stronger relationships because exactly. there's an understanding there. I think the, the friendships and relationships amongst the queer characters on the show are stronger across the board than any anything else. That's 100% wrong. accurate. I, so. I agree with that totally. Okay. Um, closest friendships with Kurt. I, you know, yep, first, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Hummelberry. Let's do it. Oh, Hummelberry. I don't have any gin, but let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think season two, it took me a long time not to resent Hummelberry because I they had to drop Kurt Sadie's in order for Hummelberry to work for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't get why. Like, they were able to make Abed friends with with other people without dropping Troy. So I don't get why... They had to drop Mercedes in order for Kurt to be friends with Rachel. But, you know, Dan Harmon's just better juggling things, I suppose. Probably. Yeah. Um, my two cents about Humbleberry is that I understand um, the narrative purpose. I do think that there is an actual friendship that you can discern from it. But I also think the problem that I personally have with Hummelberry, not not necessarily from the two characters themselves, but from the writing of the fact that whenever they were together, Kurt ended up being an emotional prop for Rachel and her issues. And I even think though, season two Hummelberry was a better balance than yeah, from there on. From season three onward, it was always about Rachel. Well, it gets better, mm-hmm. and it's season five actually. Yeah, season five is a bright spot. A better. Season five is um, a bright spot for a lot of things. And season six, Kurt just yeah. kind of doesn't have to be that because other people can be that for her, and mm-hmm. he can just be his own thing. Um, yeah, Sam and Mercedes got to do that for her in season oh, six. Geez. But um, <laughs> I, I don't hate Hummelberry. I don't. It's not my favorite dynamic. I think fan fiction has definitely written them a lot better and in a lot more fun ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Connie, what do you think about Mulberry? Well, I thought, I, I, at first I thought it was, when they first introduced Mulberry, I, I thought it was okay. And I mean, it didn't bother me as much. And then it got annoying just because I thought that Rachel was using Kurt as a prop or, or something. I mean, just like as, just the stereotypical sidekick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when she referred to him as her best gay, yeah, might, yeah, made the hair on my neck stand up. Yeah, and that that's what annoyed me throughout the thing. But I have to say, what turned me around with it was, I guess, as painful as that epi- as painful as an episode is to watch, um, the quarterback episode that scene. When when Rachel comes back to mm-hmm. Kelly, and you could see, you could see, you know, just a split second scene. But um, 
Kurt is there to like get Kurt is there to you know the first mm-hmm. thing you see is that you know she she holding you know um um she's kind of holding hands with Kurt I mean like in a very supportive way I mean and that's uh, and that's what really kind of clicked for me I guess it resonated with me that's why I'm like okay I'm not really in, as annoyed with Humbleberry now yeah I mean, in as unfortunate as that and tragic as that situation was, in that context, I'm like, okay, I'm glad that they were there for you know mm-hmm. to support each other. Yeah. So. And there are other times that Rachel does support him. And there are like early season five when he's trying to, you know, like start a band or just figure himself out. She does, you know, have some helpful advice. Um she, um, oh, what was I just thinking of? Oh, during the second breakup, um, I know we don't mm-hmm. see much of it other than Loser Like Me, but in Loser Like Me, she is a good friend to him yeah. um, during that. Um, and so there are little moments. Uh, I liked sh- in um, the end of Twerk when she calls him out mm-hmm. about being in a rut and just watching his stories and mm-hmm. eating snacks and not really getting out of the house that was a good friendship moment you know like you need your friends to kind of like call you to the carpet i think it is incredibly sad and unfortunate that that came about leah michelle wanting to take a little bit of a back you know step back and so a lot of other characters got to the forefront because of that um because of the stuff with the with Corey's passing and whatnot Mm -hmm. um but you know Whenever they and they in and again in season two when she recognizes that he's sad and lonely at the beginning, there are some mm-hmm. really good, you know, Kurt and Rachel moments that you can see where the friendship developed. So I don't I don't hate it. There are some I, I totally get it. And I just it's that middle of season three and four stuff where basically all of his storylines are you know, you just reflective of hers or because of hers or emotionally propping hers or, and it, you want to know my favorite Hummelberry friendship episode? Mm -hmm. Sure. She answered somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You know, because they're, he, she's the one that's like keeping Kurt, you know, she's keep, she's calling him out. She's keeping him, honest and and things like that and that's what a friend are that's what a good friend is but like the opposite of that is michael yeah you know right. where oh, Kurt congratulations can't even, you got yeah he can't even get into neon his neon he didn't even get into like yeah yeah the, uh-huh. the, yeah Ugh. your success means my failure and i'm so horrible and you have to make me feel better yeah Ugh. yeah and then everything at the beginning of season four makes me want to light myself on fire <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but um but yeah well moving on from rachel um you know some you know Kay, this is kind of a full circle moment because i think we discussed this on the very first, po- first podcast that um i recorded which was acafellas and that was with you um yes. it was uh kurt and mercedes and yes um the idea that even though they kind of shifted focus to Hummelberry. Kurt and Mercedes never stopped being friends. And it's evident throughout the entire series. And I just want to say, not only did they never stop being friends, but Mercedes was not in love with him. Yeah, no, that was a, whatever. That was a one-time thing. That was like, like it, there's, it, it, meta, there's been meta floating around that she was in love with him like the whole time. And that's mm-hmm. just not the case, but they never stopped being friends. 
they had moments of realization that they were, you know, that there were differences and that happens. But I think that also having the episode 2009 really kind of shed some light on the friendship in general. I, I think the nice thing about Kurt and Mercedes and why I fully support it, especially when I see it in fan fiction and whatnot, is that Mercedes is such a kind character that whereas Kurt and Mercedes, no, Kurt and Rachel bring out the kind of competitiveness and drive to each other. Um, Mercedes softens and Kurt is such a rigid character for him. Like, you know, he can just have the worst day and be completely prickly and she can come in and just be a balm over his nonsense and, and just calm him down and just be like, Hey, you know, That's why I like those scenes where we see them at the sleepovers because Mm -hmm. Mercedes is that calming presence when, whereas Rachel will build Kurt up and get him riled up and excited and like, you know, over the top Mercedes is that person that can draw him in and bring him down. Yeah. And, and this is why I love this kind of conversation because we, I mean, like, I don't have just one friend. I mean, like, exactly. <laughs> I have, you have your friends. friend you call when you have that friend you're call, you call when you're like, I'm going to do something crazy. Do you want to do something crazy with me? And then you have the friend you call when you're like, I'm going to do something crazy. Please stop me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and then there, I mean, I, I feel like those are, and then let's, I mean, I, I would like to add on Elliot, even though we all kind of add on Elliot a little too much comparatively to what it shows in the show. But exactly. it's another gay man that he can relate to that he isn't in love with or trying to compete with another person over or whatever. And Elliot is another kind of Mercedes type character. And who wasn't at McKinley and doesn't get there crazy. Exactly. And yeah. Kurt think, needed someone who was not McKinley crazy. Yeah, I think Elliot was an audience commentary probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, but he was, it was a nice, it was nice to have Kurt to give something, let me start over, it was nice to give Kurt, you know, somebody like him, um, but it wasn't a romantic interest. This is what I mean when Kurt got a better world building system than Rachel did, because he gets a friend who's, you know, Blaine is his romantic interest. Elliot was never, ever really a romantic interest, even though it was like, Mm -hmm. kind of, even though Blaine was a little jealous, but it really, that was other things. Anyway, it was never framed as that. Um, so, um, but yeah, the beautiful thing about Kurt's relationship with Mercedes is because they saw each other at a time when both of them needed that because we also at the end 2009 kind of shed some light on that. Mercedes was lonely too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that yeah. because she's played in the beginning as the sassy black character. Um, you forget that those characters also are vulnerable and can be lonely. And so 2009 showed that she was alone as well. And so she saw Kurt, but Kurt also, she made Kurt feel a certain type of way, and Kurt did that for her in return, mm-hmm. even though it took us a longer time to get to that part of the story. Yep. 
Um, there are some other interesting Kurt friendships that I think are worth noting. Um, first there's Finn and Kurt, which I think really developed more into a brotherly thing than I would call friendship. I don't think they really understood each other all that well, but once they became family, they were family. So there was no going back once. And I like that they never called each other stepbrother. They were brothers, period. Yep. But it also, they didn't, they probably did not spend, other than the foursome time that they probably had with, you know, Rachel and Blaine, I doubt they spent a lot of one-on-one time together. Um, And then there's um, Kurt and Brittany, which, again, they probably didn't spend time together very often, but it was a very unique bond. um, Yeah. Because they were both their unicorns. And so I think, I, I always liked that. I think Brittany just really, really, really had a, um, an affection for Kurt. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was reciprocated. And it's one of those situations where it's like you're not very close, but you just have such an affection for that person. Yeah. And yep, so you exactly. don't have to spend a lot of time together necessarily to have a closeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Santana and Kurt were probably closer than Santana and Rachel. Um, I agree. And I like... Santana and Kurt's relationship because they never tried to be like, oh, we're best friends. Yeah. And they had no problems sniping at each other. And well, that's like, but they also, you know, were roommates and they had fun watching their shows together. Yeah. There is, and I'm gonna, we haven't done the Jagged Little Tapestry uh, one yet, and I will probably. I will get divulge on this way more in that one, but that rant that Kurt got mm. from Santana. Oh yeah, I was about to say. You can only go in on someone like that when you know them really well. <laughs> At the same time, Kurt was not sitting in a corner crying. Oh um, no, he's like, "Fine, bitch, let's do this." You know, it's <laughs> exactly whatever. Like, it isn't. They have, I wouldn't call it a love-hate relationship because I think there's a fondness. I think there's also a bonding there for both of them being gay. And even though Santana doesn't want to admit it, like, there is something there that, like, Rachel could never understand. Well, and Santana fought really hard in a very strange way to get Kurt back at McKinley for a very strange reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the reason why their friendship works is because they each give it as well as they can. They could give it, but they could take it. Yeah. Not to mention Rachel, not Rachel, Santana did let them crash their wedding. So I don't think Santana would have done that if she didn't have some kind of affection. Yeah, I think there's a fondness there between them. And they're going to bitch at each other and, you know, whatever. They're never going to be those mushy friends that are like, oh, my God, I love you. You're my, you know, you're my family. They're always going to be those friends that are bitching at each other Mm -hmm. and bantering. But it's all out of a place of love. Um, And then there's some interesting things. Like, uh, you know, this is maybe a third tier of of friendships are. um, Well, Sam, I think, is is like, you know, it's like your your husband's BFF, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just a, a, you know, your significant other's close friend is just (laughs) a different category. (laughs) Exactly. Sam is probably always around. Like, I get along really, really well with my best friend's husband. See, and I will text him, create ridiculous <laughs> memes all the time. Yeah. But we're not, like, I don't necessarily think of us as friends, but we. I think of him like a big brother almost. Yeah. Like my, I call him my best friend-in-law. 
see, there you go. That's that's exactly what Sam is to Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sam, though, is such a kind character, too, that he's very accepting of everyone's idiosyncrasies. And so Kurt can go. I mean, I can just imagine Blaine and Sam hanging out. Kurt comes in and goes on this wild tangent about something that happened at work and blah, blah, blah. And Sam will be like, well, what if we try this? And Blaine yeah. like, just don't just let him rant. <laughs> you know sam will try and fix it yeah i think that people there were people who felt a type of way because they thought that sam should have been friends with kurt maybe it's a leftover because of the oh yeah sam was originally gonna be be the boyfriend thing but because of rumors and because of the fact that sam lived there that we were gonna eventually see some kind of friendship there that we never really got yeah. And I think they're just two people who they get along fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? I don't think Kurt never spewed any kind of venom towards Sam. No, at all. No, yeah. I don't think so. And and is it maybe I'm learning headcanon and fan fiction with the actual <laughs> with the actual episodes and stuff, but maybe you can clarify this for me. But didn't Sam lip with uh, with the Hummels? Yeah. yeah. I think, okay, so here's, as far as I can remember, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen season two. Um, They, first of all, they never showed anybody at anybody's house because why would you do that? But um, when Sam moved back in season three, um, I think it was season three, uh, he stayed with Finn until season four, I'm guessing. Um, We don't know. We don't know when the family actually got a house. Um, They don't really ever mention Sam's living situation again until he moves out after graduation. Um, So it is your own interpretation how long he was actually staying with Finn. Um, It was definitely not at the point that, like, around the quarterback, he was definitely around that era. era. I'm pretty sure he was not. Um, But... I don't know. It was like a one-line thing in um, Hold On to 16 and yeah. never really expanded on since then. So, yeah. I was thinking, I guess just because of that, I was thinking that Kurt and and um, Sam would have a friendship, or I guess, mm-hmm. but, you know, sure. little to glean from that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it can I will be whatever always you regret want that be. we never got at least a dinner scene. Yeah. yeah. Say I've lived there. Yeah. yeah. Um, though I'm sure everybody was over all the time. I can just see everybody over all the time. And I think that's what, you know, like, everybody was over. All the guys were over because of Finn. And then Rachel was over because of Finn and Kurt. And half the Glee Club was always over there. You know, I think the only people I not over there. the Hummel House, like the Walsh House on 90210. Because I've been yeah. watching it since Luke Perry passed away. And so I've been watching a lot of that. And the, you know, the wash house, like, sometimes it would show up and Brendan, Brandon wouldn't even be there. Yeah, exactly. Be like, I need a parental figure. Yep. And so mm-hmm. Mrs. Walsh is going to talk to Steve about being adopted. And so I always kind of imagined <laughs> Bert yeah. playing that kind of role. Bert yeah, Carol. I can see that. Yep. Um, people that he didn't really seem Kurt back. Oh gosh, I can't talk tonight. People that he didn't seem to have much of a relationship with. Um, Artie, there's mm-hmm. not really anything yeah. there. Um, 
I mean, I love that every once in a while Kurt will get indignant on Artie's behalf. Like, Artie's going through a crisis in New York when he, you know, was the thing was stolen. But um, yeah. there's really yeah. no friendship there. Um, Except for in the New York scenes when they had their yeah, like, guy. The yeah. guy stuff. Um, there's not... Tina and and Kurt didn't really have much. No. Um, well, in season two, they spent a lot of time together. Because Tina's who he's always with when Karofsky is fucking with him. Yeah. And he was with Tina in theatricality. When, oh, yeah. um, and even even in Prager, she was the one dancing with him. But yeah. it's funny because it's all like he doesn't, they don't really build on anything other than being kind of in the background together so you don't really yeah. know what kind of dynamic they have because other than when he was encroached she was trying to encroach on Blaine there's nothing there <laughs> there's just- yeah there's really nothing between them after season two but in season one or two it really did seem like him and Tina were pretty tight yeah mm-hmm. um likewise and it could Mike- just be a friendship that grew apart or changed yeah. over time i don't think it was anything that was you know once he became she became closer with blaine anyway I, it's that's you know blaine's friends are over there and my friends are over here and you know. exactly mm-hmm. um and then um yeah like mike there's not really much of a friendship there um yeah again that's another blaine's friend thing though um yeah and i'm just like, he, yeah mm, that that's, that was never a friendship that was not. That was I never going to become a friendship. I cannot buy. They were going to tolerate each other, possibly. That and they did, and then even like again, watching the quarterback again. It's been five years, and you know they're standing at the dumpster, and he's just ex- disgusted by Puck. Like I just cannot yeah. with you, and yeah. like everything after that, Puck isn't really in the show very much, and every yeah. other, you know, it's it's very. I don't think they interact. Again, I don't think they did after that. Puck was at the wedding, but I mean, yeah, but they don't wedding, but they didn't interact with each other that you know at all, basically. Puck was basically, you know, he has a relationship, whatever it may be, with Santana and Brittany, but you know, and and Blaine, but him and Kurt were never gonna be friends, not at all. Um. And then, yeah, that's kind of, he doesn't really connect. The funniest thing to me is that in the season six, and again, it's an episode that I haven't done a, a podcast for, you know, Will says, you know, you, you know, aren't you friends with these kids yet? And both Rachel and Kurt are like, no, we're not. We don't get involved in their drama. They're yeah. students. <laughs> like, And it, it's another joke about Rachel, I mean, about Will not having friends. But I do like that they set those boundaries. I mean, they're not gonna I mean they're older and they have their own friends and their own lives and they don't need to be attaching themselves to these 15 and 16 year olds it's mm-hmm. kind of strange in season six they have Kurt kind of get indignant on behalf of the season four newbies and how Rachel didn't know them but I'm like Kurt didn't really know them either although yeah. Marley is one of his background dancers when he sings the Stevie Wonder song to Bert I would also argue Two things. One, he and Blaine, even broken up, had a lot more communication going on with each other than Rachel did with anybody that was back at that school. Mm-hmm. And True. even even Tina, who liked to gossip. 
Um, So he was probably knowing of these new people dramas through Blaine. Like I said, once they started communication again, they were friends and they were getting a lot of things. Especially, And then Tina was also gossiping about everything, too. Um, And, oh, there's another thing. Tina was always gossiping to everybody. So there's multiple times when Kurt's like, well, Tina said this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, So Tina was in touch with everybody, but that was just to tell everybody else's business. Yeah. Oh, Tina. <laughs> As my mother would say, she couldn't hold water in a bucket. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, um, I, yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. They also, Kurt was never, Lee likes to kind of like have people have selective memory. So, like, in seasons five and six and even season four, it's always, like, oh, we were one big happy family. Yeah. And everyone was friends with Will. No, Kurt could not stand Will. No, he couldn't. Season one and, and two. It's funny, yeah, because we'll get more into that when we talk about some of the other things. But, like, Glee sometimes, like, to retcon stuff through Kurt as a mouthpiece. And I kind of just ignore those one-off lines because they're usually just <laughs> one-off lines. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. You have no like, evidence of like this Like, Rachel gave so. everybody a chance. Rachel no. who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you but, like, I mean, they're little lines, but if you go back and look at it, you're like, what? I mean, yeah. The context, I mean, especially now that the series is over and you see... You know, the bigger picture, you're like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, it what? makes you think, like, Kurt just does, has revisionist history. Like, no, he just doesn't even, like, did you really, I don't think he was paying much attention. There was half the time he wasn't even there, so. Um, yeah. But, but for the most part, yeah, like, it, it, Kurt has tears of friends, but it's, I, I like that you can definitely look at it that way and say, okay, well, these are close friends, and then these are secondary friends, and this is third, and then these Well, I mean, that's, just... that's realistic. Yeah. Like, I have my group of friends that, you know, like, I invite to things and things like that, but there's definitely tears to that. Like, oh, yeah, there even, are people that are closer to my sister than they are to me. We didn't yeah. talk about people... Quinn. Who, yeah. He, no, there, I think there's that one scene in season one that they talk to each other, and I don't think us, they don't talk to each other at all for the rest of the series and it's fine i'm like whatever it's fine there's there's again they don't need to have a kind of uh friendship you know yeah Um, you're not going to be friends with everybody in the group like for example my sister and i have a friend that my best friend and other friends in our group cannot stand so he's our friend and we hang out with him all the time but like i said there's there is like there's tears there's the friends that we've known forever they know my whole family they knew my mom there are friends that you know we've known for a really long time that are closer i mean it's just it it, there's always going to be like a hierarchy there's nothing wrong with that it makes perfect sense that there are people in the group that kurt would never hang out with on his own Mm-hmm. Like Kurt's exactly. ever called Puck, never gonna call Puck and say, "Hey, let's go to a movie." I mean, okay. Also, let's you know. Then there's that weird thing in season four when Rachel's like, um, Kurt called up Quinn and Santana to like stop her from doing a nude thing. So yeah, I think I'm guessing there's like a, a group chat too, where like yeah, oh, there's probably like, several group chats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then again, yeah. we still have to fill in the headcanon for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, the only other thing is Kurt and dynamic and group dynamics. And I, he was often put with the girls. Um, he prefers Mm -hmm. being with the girls. I think his relationships with the guys were fine, but he, you know, uh, it makes sense that he chose to be with the, in, with the girls. And, and I would like to point out Mm -hmm. that. Um, just really quickly, that a lot of those scenes, especially in season three, when people were getting so pissy about it, um, the writers would go up to Chris and say, "Who do you think that Kurt should be, you know, you know, uh, with?" And and Chris would often say, just "Put him with the girls. It makes the most sense. It's who he's friends with." So, yeah. And in season five, it's very specific who the guys are when Kurt's hanging out with the guys. Yeah. And that if it had been another group of guys from the Glee Club. I don't. I think we would have saw Kurt with Rachel and Mercedes, yeah. but because yeah. it was Sam and it was Artie, and they weren't the ones that like threw him in dumpsters and like gave him shit, then yeah, it makes sense that Kurt's at the ice cream place with that particular group of guys. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and and I mean, also when they're talking to Mercedes and Sam at the end, he's with Rachel and Brittany to talk with Mercedes while Blaine is over with Artie talking to Sam. You know, exactly. So, yeah. Well, and then uh, backtracking a little bit to, with Kurt, you know, in season two, I think, you know, when he moved to, I think it's when Kurt was at Dalton or something. I think after he, he went there, you get these scenes where with um, Kurt and Rachel and Mercedes, you know, all, mm-hmm. you know, in pajamas. <laughs> Yep, and Mercedes is the first one he introduces Blaine to. Yeah. And Rachel and Mercedes are the ones that he brings around Blaine. Now, I have a question for the two of you, because I remember during season two and a lot of fan and fan fiction, you know, we had Kurt having these really great friendships with the Warblers. Do you guys think that Kurt... Had any okay? <laughs> no, and and this is just from doing. Now I've been doing some season six meta, and he like has no attachment to the warblers whatsoever. Um, I think that it was a place that he went. He was pretty much head over heels with Blaine and did everything with Blaine. Um, and I don't think he really got to know the other warblers very well. Um. I mean, I'm guessing Trent probably still sends him a Christmas card because Trent is a ball of sunshine and sends everybody Christmas cards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> but I, I don't think, and I think once Sebastian became a warbler, that no. was it with that group. Yep, yeah, that's I'm done. I no more yeah. none of this nonsense. That was a Blaine thing. That's another. That's my husband's friends over there. You know, from mm. college or from high school. You know, that's. Not his thing. I, I don't. Maybe he's like he, Facebook friends with like Nick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but yeah. no, I don't. I don't see him being close with any of them. Um, I also was going to bring up just really quickly. Um, let's talk about Krofsky for a second because okay. I we're in season yeah. six and I think it's worth talking about. Um, I think that you know he and Krofsky were never going to be BFFs. No. But I do think that Kurt forgave him enough that they probably were like Facebook friends. Yeah, maybe just follows them on Instagram friends. or something. Yeah. But um, they never talk to each other. They just like each other's pictures. No. Yeah, occasionally. I don't yeah. think... Once we get past season six stuff, I don't think that 
Kurt probably really ever like Karofsky will get married and and then Kurt will be like oh that's nice like exactly that's about yeah. it yeah uh, that's my two cents but I do think that he has a better I can't believe I'm going to say this I think he has a better friendship slash relationship with Karofsky than he does with Puck I agree with that as well because Karofsky was apologetic yeah yeah. And and Krofsky was dealing with a lot, and Kurt understood that. Yeah. Puck was never really apologetic. No. Nope. 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 So, that's my two cents on that. That's kind of what I've got with uh, Kurt stuff. So, in this, in this, anything that you guys, if there's anybody that you think that we should... Um, I also think that Kurt might be a little bit friendlier than people give him credit for sometimes. Um, I think I once agree. he gets out of... Mm-hmm. Um, McKinley, you can see him. He makes better friends in a way at the Yada than like Rachel does. Like he's like hitting up the groups and hanging out with the apples, and you know, doing the Tennessee Williams group, and exactly. he's doing extracurriculars. Like he's open to meeting people when he gets there. Yeah, I know Rachel's- a lot of fan and fan fiction has Kurt as being very closed off and only having. No, you know, I think Rachel was closed off. Yeah, I, I- think that Kurt. I mean, like. He was pretty open. He seemed open to meeting people at Vogue. He, you know, Maggie was his friend, the um, older woman in yeah. Old Dog New Tricks. Um, I think that he became friends with the elderly people at that, yeah, at that yeah. home. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I think that he, it'll be, I, you know, I can see him having, we don't really see much of this, but like Isabel was kind of his friend. Um, mm-hmm. I can see him picking up friends that are older, that are maybe, you know, not just, you know, like 80s old, but like older than his age group. Like he's probably yeah. hanging out with 30 year olds or something like that. Exactly. Um, and when you get a job, that tends to happen because you're mixing with people who are in all different stages of life. Like some of my favorite people at work are still in their mid 20s. Yeah. One of my so. closest friends that worked with me was born when I was in the tenth grade. Just makes me feel so old. <laughs> well, you went there, Kate. No, I know, you. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of my closest friends at work. But yeah, we're there's a significant age difference there. Um. Okay. So, kind of shifting gears, let's talk about Blaine. Yes, um, Blaine. Blaine days. Let's start with the Warblers, because those are the first people that he were introduced to. He was introduced with, and that also kind of... There's an interesting dichotomy between what happened on the show and what happens in fan fiction. Um, Agreed. With the Warblers. And I think that while the Warblers are definitely, like, he's more in touch with them than anybody, like, than Kurt ever is, I don't know if I necessarily see them as BFF, you know that the fan fiction sometimes likes to portray. Oh, I agree completely. I always saw Blaine as that person who's like super friendly and has a lot of people that he's friendly with, but doesn't have a lot of close friends. Except for Trent. Mm-hmm. Except for Trent, why. but they started the Warblers together. <laughs> That's true. They yeah. did. So there's a um, history there. And Trent is friends with everybody. But exactly. I, I think Blaine just... He, Blaine is a... Is a pleaser, but he, and he's also maybe a more open person in some ways. In that, you know, you want to be Blaine's friend. Blaine wants you to be his friend. It's hypnotic. <laughs> yeah, think, but for someone to be so open, he still doesn't 
you still don't know, people don't know a lot about him. Like, look how long it took him to tell Kurt about Sadie Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine the Warblers don't know that, that that happened to him. Exactly. Uh, I think they do, only because that's why, I I bet, like, he told Trent, Trent told everybody else. But, um, I, I think it's, I don't think Blaine, how do I put this? Blaine may not open up emotionally very much, but I do think, like, if he's going through something, everybody knows that he is. Like, yeah, everybody, you know. Poor yeah, Blaine Davis doesn't have a poker face. No. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets over to McKinley, um, and it becomes, for a while, it's definitely Mike, because Darren and, and Harry were hanging out in the background building a friendship um and then of course we get tina and sam yeah yes and eventually i mean he hangs out with the guys in season three but i don't know how much of that is you know because he's hanging out with mike and mike's hanging out with the guys or if he genuinely builds a closeness with like puck and finn yeah, I don't see him necessarily close to either Puck or Finn, especially with no. the nonsense that Finn threw at him when he first got there. But yeah. I do think he he tolerates it a little bit more, more because. Think... Oh, go ahead, oh. Connie. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, um, no, no. I would love to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Well, jumping around though, I think he's closer. I think he's Blaine is. My perception is that Blaine is closer with the the the. Second group of kids, you know. Oh, absolutely. You, you directions yeah. than the, than the, either. Than the original than the, group. No, yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent there. Yeah. Yep, I agree too. Definitely. Um. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, though. Let's talk about uh, Bleed and Sam. Yes. Lamb. Lamb. Slain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's. It's nice because I think they're both kind characters and they both, again, you get this friendship here that is built out of, yeah, maybe there was like romantic feelings from Blaine to Sam, but it, it doesn't devolve into name calling and slapping. It, it It is definitely, you know, a true genuine friendship where they build each other up and help each other out and, you know, believe in each other. And it is mm-hmm. a very... You know, it's kind of the opposite of Hummelberry in that they both are very supportive and not competitive with each other because there's nothing to compete over. Um, Well, they have that moment in Hold On to 16, but the truth of the matter is that's more about Finn than Sam. That was about Finn. That wasn't about Sam at all. That was 100% about Finn. And the thing with Blam is that they're on equal ground in a way that Hummelberry never was Mm -hmm. because... Rachel was always the lead. Rachel always got, was Mr. Shoes preferred favorite kind of, you know, whereas Sam and Blaine, even though Blaine was voted quote unquote, the new Rachel, they kind of took on the task of taking care of B club as a team. Mm -hmm. Um, There's um, never been anything for them to fight over or compete over. I think also when you get, like Rachel is the main character and Kurt plays a supporting role, but with Sam and Blaine, they are B characters in somebody else's mm-hmm. story. So they are allowed to not have to have that narrative driving stuff. And even when they did in season four it becomes like, you know, it is a 
like they are more main characters, but it's still not. How do I put this? Like it's they're still side stories. They're just always going to be side characters, so they always get. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but no, it makes perfect uh, sense. And their friendship grew out of Sam seeing that Blaine needed someone to see him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Which the friendship I mean, grew out of how the friendship between Rachel and Kurt started. Yeah. As yeah. well. But I also think his loneliness. The nice thing, though, in a way, I, I kind of see. Um, um. 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 This kind of happened with uh, Chris and Amber. Um, Darren formed friendships with both Harry and Cord, and that yeah. definitely grew. Yeah. Um, out of like so then you know Blaine becomes close but there's a nice dynamic with them and so you know I'm glad that the writers recognized that and yeah. and, and kind of wrote it in there um here's an interesting thing conversation I want to kind of throw out there kind of turning a left turn from Blam we have Tina mm-hmm. and who is in theory supposed to be just as close as Sam but there's this weird crush angle. There's this weird just stuff going on. And I don't know if I buy the narrative as much that they were close to each other, even though the rogue show kept trying to show it as, as, as Blaine and Sam were. I can see the closeness being different in that Tina understood what Blaine was dealing with with regards to having a boyfriend go off to college and the relationship not work out. And I think their friendship grew out of that. I think that the crush, because Blaine had a crush on Sam, but Blaine was A, a lot better at hiding it. And B, never convinced himself that anything could come of it. Whereas Tina had fabricated a whole relationship. Yeah, But it's another time when... This is an unfortunate thing. Like, they can totally do this. Blaine has a crush on Sam thing, and it's fine, and they get over it, and they move on to become best friends. And then Tina has a crush on Blaine, and it becomes about vapor rape and, you know, some really nasty, like, diva-ish behavior from Tina. Um, and, again, it's just going back to our female conversation that these this male-male friendship is treated better than this... Um, male female friendship. Male female friendship, yeah. So, and they'd already done the storyline of the girl who's self conscious and maybe not feeling a hundred percent about herself, falling for the gay her gay friend because he's nice to her. You mm-hmm. know, we did that with Kurt and Mercedes in season one, and it took one episode. And we were fine. We didn't need it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, because but we also know that Tina is a character who lacks boundaries. She crossed boundaries with Mike. She crossed boundaries with Artie. Um, so it makes sense that she would cross boundaries with Blaine. I didn't think she'd cross boundaries into a, like groping him in his sleep. In his sleep, but it did kind of put the friendship on a weird in a weird place. Yeah. Because they took it there. Yeah. And we never got to see Blaine find out about it. We never got to see Blaine deal with it. Well. Yeah. Did, did, but didn't he? My impression that he 
Did he did find out about it though? In, in, uh, I think that was a deleted scene or something in the script, mm. but I don't think it ever made the episode. The no, only thing that's use. in the episode was um, when at the end of I Do, when they're in the hallway and she says something, and Blaine is like, Wait, what? And Kurt just looks at her and just waves it off, or looks at him and waves it off. And I don't remember yeah. what it was about. Yeah, um, well, well, yeah, I think they were no, no, they were all sitting at um oh shoot I forget <laughs> oh you're talking about it wonderful yeah and Mike asked about it and Kurt oh said, right yeah. yeah oh I forgot about that yeah I, I don't know Kurt did eventually find out he did find out I, I mean that's a small little kind of quip but I think I think by just by that little sentence I think they, that they found out that he knew. About it. That's true. I hadn't even thought of that. There's yeah. also the joke that Sam throws at Tina in Guilty Pleasures. Like, mm. are you gonna? I don't remember what he says, but like, you're gonna, gonna, on br- his chest. Yeah, yeah something like I, that. I don't think it was as big of a deal for Blaine as it was everybody else. Yeah. Um, oh, there's also the stuff in Puppet Master where he's like mining. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, he obviously doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's also interesting. I, I, Blaine, we didn't get to see a lot of the same dynamics as we did with Cart because I'm looking at, I mean, there's Rachel. I think that he does have a friendship with Rachel. It's kind of fun. It's more of a, you know, I don't, I, I think that it was a more, com- since it was a more comedic thing and since they didn't have to be emotionally propping each other mm-hmm. or anything, mm-hmm. um, I think Blaine and Rachel's are a lot of, is a lot of fun and we yeah. didn't get to see a bit of that dynamic. It, it wasn't enough. I think they would have, they could have done a lot more than what they did. Um, Especially since Darren and Leo were so tight. I would have yeah. loved to see more, but more of a friendship between Blaine and Rachel. Like they hinted that season six, they were going to like support each other and be there for each other, but then they dropped yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. after that episode. Um, but it was, it, it, you know, they weren't, they were never really competing. You know, they were each other's lead stars or whatever. I, like, yeah. so mm-hmm. it, it, I have a, it's kind of funny. I have a friend of mine um, who is gay and, um, and, and went to uh, prom with a girl and still calls her his prom date. Like, I can see Blaine like that. Like, you know, he'll yeah. always call her his Maria to Rachel, you know? Exactly. Even though, yeah. So, um, I wish, you know, things, I wish we would have seen more of Blaine and Brittany. I think that would have been a fascinating oh, yeah. <laughs> thing. Um, we never saw Blaine and Mercedes ever. They lived together and we never saw it. Yeah. yeah. I remember when they announced that they were going to do it on Superstition. And I was just so stoked. I was so happy. I was like, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened. And then they're like, oh, yeah, Marley's also in it. And I was like, foiled again. Mm-hmm. I'll never get it. Never did that. I, you know, I love the... I did like, like the bit that when um, Mercedes came home and Santa yeah, put on candles up, but she thought it was Blaine. <laughs> Blaine lit a lot of candles again. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a shame we didn't get to see more of that dynamic. Because um, I think there would have been interesting things. Um, I'll just go you know, ahead and plug my fan fiction, The Roommate Chronicles, if anyone okay. is interested in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Check it it's out, on, guys. Yeah, it's on AO3. 
Um, my two didn't... favorite characters lived together and they did not get any any scenes together. Like, why would you like? That's just mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they knew you were watching Kate's person. Exactly. No, it was hurtful. <laughs> um, there's not really any Blaine and Santana, even though aesthetically they really look interesting together. And they, I just, I'm thinking of them walking up the aisle together, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, could have done so much with that. And we have didn't. moments where Santana has shown like affection towards Blaine, like when she called Finn out for how she treats him, yeah. and how you know whenever he opens his dreamboat acapella mouth, and there At was the same another time, moment. And then in Michael, she really kind of went, you know, went to bat for him. But we never got to see them together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite, I have asked this a thousand times, and I, I think I've got my answer. Blaine and Quinn exchange one line in On My Way as they're passing. and that Looking is good, February, and that yep, was it. Only interaction they ever got together. Cracks me up. Yeah. I know. Um, I would have loved to have seen... But yeah, Blaine and Artie don't really have a ton. Artie doesn't really have friends. It's really kind of sad. Tina, apparently they were having lunch on Tuesdays this entire time. (laughs) Actually, I can believe that. Um, And, um, you know, you're right. The new kids, I think he was very nice with them. He, you know, I think that it's a shame. Blaine and Marley never got much together because I think they in were my kind head of they were the best of friends. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, wish. I wish. I about that. <laughs> I believe well, it. That's what I was thinking, though. Although they didn't really talk about it, I mean, it show that interaction that much. I think after the oh, what is that episode where they had the shooter? Oh, and shooting star. Oh, shooting, shooting star. star. After that episode, I mean, I, I think everybody, you would assume that everybody would become closer with each other. I mean, you don't go through that traumatic thing of experience and not... Well, I think they tried that way. with the new kids. Yeah. I think, that the, I think part of the reason they did that episode was to get us to bond with these new kids better. Um, it personally there was that moment work in, for me, in, but, you know... There was yeah. a moment in Guilty Pleasures where where Blaine um, seems against all odds, and Tina's about to out his crush on Sam, yeah. and Kitty smacks her, yeah, and stops her. And I was like, I always like thought that was an interesting moment because Kitty, you know, she's Blaine's the only one that Kitty never insulted. Mm-hmm. That's true. But we yeah. never really got to see a really we never got to see them no. together. We're the only one she ever. Never insulted, and she stopped Tina from hum- humiliating him. Yeah, I mean, again, and something we talked about in season four, and one of my personal kind of issues that they had with these newbies was that they just didn't have them interacting with the older cast. And like, so Blaine, does he have any kind of relationship with Jake? Does he? I mean, we saw a little bit of that puppet master stuff where it's kind of where they could have done something. Um, or does he have anything with Ryder? Not really at all. Like, do, you know, yeah. and. Except for yeah. when he twerks in Ryder's lap a little bit that time. Yeah. <laughs> that There's one a whole background moment. About that too. Oh my goodness. Um but yeah, so um Blaine's relationships and friendships just aren't as developed as Kurt's because Blaine has always unfortunately been a secondary character. 
um, who came out to be a a, a main character, but um, and just, I mean, they even in season six, they didn't really like you. The only bland moments we get in season six are Sam not recognizing him without the hair gel, and then in the last the episode yeah. when he tells him, "Hey, by the way, you have a bedroom at our house." Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there is also the exchange where Sam's like, "Yeah, is a witch school." Oh and, yeah, and Flynn's like, "Not a witch school." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I've had that conversation so many times. Yeah, season where six, Sam's like, "Who teaches divination at Miata?" Like, not a witch school. Yeah. Um, Are you taking transfiguration, Blaine? I I also think that. Um, season six kind of tried to hit the reset button. So things were the dynamics back at season two. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately that means it hit the reset on blam. Not that they, and again, like we, like we've talked about with Kurt and Mercedes, it doesn't negate the fact that they were, weren't friends or anything. Um, it's still there. They're still friends. It just, they decided not to show that. So, well, Sam was too busy. <laughs> it's tried. funny. And I mean, this is probably not even the place to say it. But I think that a lot of times showrunners get so caught up in, like, the ending of a show that, like, I feel like Ryan Murphy's always thought that no matter what happens, the final season is going to be about Glee Club and McKinley. And they never realized that, like, they never realized that, like, your show has moved past that. It's the same mistake they made with How I Met Your Mother, where Mm -hmm. they ignored the fact that the characters in the show had moved past what they originally had planned. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, before we go down that path, <laughs> we can save that for another podcast. Um, I, just kind of wrapping up, though, um, maybe we can just, you know, wrap up with what kind of friendships meant to something to you guys on the show. Or what kind of friendships do you think, like, you gravitated to the most or you mostly enjoyed seeing on screen? For me, it's the season four Glee Club. It just something about it just really connected with me. I I would say a good 75% of my fan fiction is about that particular group of people. Um, I, I just gravitated towards them. I had I think because I had more fun with them because there was less fighting and nitpicking and the original Glee Club is a family and I love them, but they treated each other really poorly for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so seeing this group come, seeing the second group come together just really clicked for me. And I have such an affection and fondness for that group. And then individually, Kurt and Mercedes, that's the, that's the friendship that hooked me on the show. That's the friendship that brought me into the fandom. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely, those are probably the most important ones to me. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, as a group, I have to I have to agree with what um, Kay said um, initially, but it took me a long time to get to this. But um, when the season was initially uh, when I was when the season was initially in progress, I thought the, the transition from the 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 original original new directions to the newer the new directions. It was a little bit jarring for me because I was so used to the dynamic of the of the first original group. But as time as time went on and things, I really grew to. I mean, it just took me a while to kind of adjust to 
I really started to appreciate the the friendships of the new new directions in season four because it is a totally different dynamic and but I had to get out of my comfort zone of you know everything having the same frame as you know the dynamic of the original group so and I began to like really like the really like the um, friendships of the new directions because after once they kitty in and Marley got over their, uh, you know, the, the original cast fight, I think they, um, they really grew to be supportive of each other, and I really gravitated toward that, to that group. So I, and, and I know this was mentioned on another podcast, I guess, or one thing, but I, I was, I'm, to this day, I'm, I'm still um, very perturbed that they were just dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, Agreed. Uh, yeah. yeah. After I guess I just in favor of the thing they had no wrap up or something, you know. That was another misopportunity. So in terms of that group, oh yeah, in terms of the friendships, I think I gravitate toward that group. Um, in terms of the original ones, I didn't have really anyone that stuck out to me. Um, but I really liked the um oh, I have to go back and say it, but I really liked the the one that really intrigued me, even though it was a little while, was was Quinn and Mercedes mm-hmm. in season one, which they also dropped. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so um, that was really that, a missed opportunity. Yeah, because if they wanted to tell a story of these two groups of kids coming together, the popular Cheerios and the football players, and these outcasts, Quinn and Mercedes' friendship was the way to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I think those are the two. I mean, those are the two main ones that I can think of now. Yeah. And and honestly, to to piggyback off of what Connie said, I do think the way that they dropped, I I have always believed, and I know there's other people that agree with me, that the season four newbie story was connected to Finn, one hundred percent. And yeah. with Corey's passing, they didn't have a storyline for them. And yeah. I completely understand that. Oh, yeah. I just think that dropping them the way that they did, they didn't get a single anything in 100 or New Directions. Yeah, they just got what, nothing. Yeah, and that's what bothered me the most. So it was yeah. it was really I understand fandom was loud with their discontent, so it looked like there were people that there was no one who cared about these characters, and that just wasn't true, and. They can backtrack in season six and talk about how Sue sent everyone away all they want, but I don't think I'll ever get over how those characters are just completely dropped and erased and never brought up again. Like they never existed. Yeah. I mean, the, the last one that we saw was we saw like a glimpse of Kitty. Oh, well, no, no, I, I take that back because it's season. <laughs> I mean, we got season six and things so with Kitty mm-hmm. and everything, but, uh, but it just. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, like Kay said, I completely understand why these dropped, you know, what they had to move that shift. But just the fact that they weren't given, like, a wrap-up song or a wrap-up conclusion or something, that, I mean, that really, you know, <laughs> that really uh, didn't sit well with me, so. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Um, kind of uh, going to, to end this on a different direction. Um, I'm actually going to throw out my favorite group friendship dynamic was actually the end of season five and everybody in New York. And um, they, there was one time they kind of, they did go a little bit. I mean, they could have done way more, but it either the Friday or the Monday night dinners that they had the, yeah. you know, just being everybody involved in everybody else's plot line. And, um, I, that was a show that I would have really loved to continue to see. Um, yeah. I understand why they had to end it. I, I do think it was the right time to end it after six seasons, but, um, that was probably possibly my favorite dynamic for friendships. Um, and I don't know if I have a favorite, like one-on-one friendship, but you know, uh, anything that like Kurt's my favorite character. So, Picking out the great things, like the moments that I can, like Hummelberry and the Mercedes friendship and the Elliot friendship and the stuff with Brittany. Um, uh, there's some really nice stuff in there that I can pull out of. So mm-hmm. that's where I stand. Sounds good. Well, um, I guess I think we should wrap up on that note. Um, it's been an awesome and fun conversation. So yeah. thank you guys for doing that with me. Um, next week, I believe we will be back with an episode, which is Jagged Little Tapestry. Um, and we will be back every Sunday night. So I'll see you next week. But it's too late, baby, now it's too late. Once in your life, you'll find her. Someone who turns your heart. But now they're okay Only me or mine You're the apple of my eye Girl, I never loved one like you Found you hiding here So won't you take my hand, darling There's nothing that can stop you From becoming popular Lar And